Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thanks for joining us for the 5 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Silent Witness Coordinator, and today I am joined again by Commander Derek Elmore. Commander, thanks for being back. Thanks for having me back, Jamie. I really appreciate the time and enjoy the uh, the radio show. It was it was your show. I feel like I'm, I'm stealing from you. A lot of people, actually a lot of people do remember, uh, but you and I both kind of live in the shadow of Darren Birch, who had the show before any of us. And yes. to this day, we can't do the opening. How, how did the opening go that it's, he did? It's from everywhere from Avondale to Queen Creek and everywhere in between. Yeah, but he really he really punched that oh, thing yeah. up, man. He, and to this day, he, he still nails that. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult because when I see you outside of work, I can't even call you Derek anymore. I just feel like out of respect, I always have to call you Commander. So if I slip no, up during okay. the interview, I apologize. And, and we've talked about this before in other shows. My mom did not name me Commander. She named me Derek, so it's okay. You brought it up, your mother. So during this whole promotional process, your family, you've never talked about, you've talked about your parents, you've talked about your family, you've talked about your kids. What was your mom's take on you getting this promotion? Because I'm guessing no one in your family thought you'd become a commander. No, no. So my mom was very excited about it. And, and I think more than, than the promotion itself, she's more excited about seeing Chief Williams. And that excites her more than anything else. So it really, really wasn't my promotion. It was just the fact that my promotion allowed her to say hi to Chief Williams. It was an excuse to get to 620 yeah, yeah. West Washington State Chief Williams. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that probably wasn't a fair statement. Did you ever see yourself becoming a commander? Um, I Probably early in my career, I thought it was possible. And then as my career went on, I probably thought that it wasn't possible. Um, so it's been back and forth on that. I didn't think it was possible, but here's why, for a different reason. I've gotten to work with you. I remember 24 years ago, we were working out of the precinct, and, and I tell the story all the time how you were always helping us, and you were helping us learn and become better, um, but you're always very honest. And I tell people, don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer, and sometimes you're going to hear the answer. Anyway, in a world of political correctness, you always find a way to be incredibly honest, but... Not mean. And the statement that I heard recently, and I thought of you, you can be brutally honest, but not be brutal. And you've kind of mastered that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I um, Sometimes uh, my inability to uh, keep my mouth quiet has uh, caused headache in my life. But uh, overall, it's uh, who I am. So I have to stay true to that. Yeah, I, I remember walking away from some conversations thinking, but I didn't ask. And, uh, and, and it turns out you're right. So we're all very proud of you. We're very happy for you. It's, it's great for the department. It's great for uh, what, what we do. And, and for those who are not in, in the military or law enforcement world, uh, everyone comes on. They start as a police officer. Then you can promote sergeant, then lieutenant, then commander, uh, and then assistant chief, and then, of course, chief. And each time you promote, you have a greater area of responsibility. But one of the things that I appreciate about you is you don't look at the additional tasks. You look at the opportunity to build and protect people and make their careers better. And And I've asked you before if that's an intentional thing, and I don't think the answer's changed. No, the answer's been the same throughout my career, and it's always to help people and help uh, people get better. And, and I say it all the time, you know, especially here in Phoenix. I, I live in Phoenix. My family lives in Phoenix. They work, pass through here. I want Phoenix to be the best police department possible for those reasons. You know, it's funny. And, and you and our guest, our guest, Lieutenant Dalen Webb, who's a repeat guest. Lieutenant, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being back again. Uh, one of the things, and, I, and I'm asking you both, you probably have people in your life who think, well, you work for the police department. You know all the answers. And on the way over here when we were recording, uh, I heard the collision. 
I saw the results of the collision. I wasn't involved in the collision. My heart went out for the people who were involved. And the first thought I had after doing this job for 24 years was, we got to call the police. Do you guys ever get to a point where you're like, look, I know all the, all the things that I'm supposed to do, but when bad things happen, our first call is to reach out to the public safety folks all the time. Yeah, and that's 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 always something that you know I want to do when I'm off duty. You know, I, I try to be that good witness um, and not be the one getting involved for because uh, obvious reasons. I don't want to make it more complicated for the on duty officers that are responding to those things. But if I can help out and assist, and but the call is to you know nine one one to get the help. And and I and I have to tell you, even though we know intellectually what we should be doing, it was the greatest sense of relief for the victims or the people involved in the collision when I saw that blue and. White, roll up with the lights on. The officer got out, put everyone to ease, was unbelievably professional, compassionate, and I knew everything was going to get taken care of. And having done this job for a couple years, I still look at that and I think, man, we have amazing people who work here. And thankfully, they're out and about serving. So to everyone in public surf- service who's uh, out, saving, uh, out serving in public safety, I just want to say thank you for what you do each and every day. Lieutenant, have you ever had a circumstance where you're out there leading teams and suddenly something happens and you're like, man, I forgot how amazing it is to be a patrol officer? Has that ever happened to you during your career? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, as you move up the ranks and you get out of patrol, uh, oftentimes you miss patrol. You miss the the function out there. And I, as a matter of fact, driving over here, I was thinking about the different details I've been in on this department. And by far, the the most fun you have is as a patrol officer. Um you get to see amazing things as you do move around and you go to specialty details and promote. But the patrol officer is the funnest place to be. Uh, every day is a different uh, event, adventure out there. So um, I do miss it. Now, you talked about the different places you work. I think the three of us have bumped into each other along the way numerous times. It's not fair to ask you your favorite place that you work, but I will say that everywhere I've seen you working, you seem to have a great deal of, are we allowed to say, fun in police work? And you create an environment where your people work hard and have fun. Is that an intentional thing that you do, or is it something you just kind of gifted at? I don't know about gifted, uh, but... I believe you're, you have to have fun in this job. Uh, I have not been in any detail, uh, any unit on this department where I have not had fun. I've enjoyed everywhere that I've been. Uh, and, I, and I've served in quite a few different areas, uh, investigations or out on the street uh, doing different things. Uh, but I can't think of one position that I would not like to go back to. So absolutely. And and I think it's important as you do become a leader in this organization that you create an environment for your people to have fun. Um, it. it the job is a serious job, and there's obviously uh, times that you can't be out there having fun, in quotes, if that's what you want to say. But uh, it has to be enjoyable, or why, why would you do the job? But it's something you make look easy. I've never seen you uh, walking around the building listening to podcasts on leadership, yet everybody that seems to work with you, for you, around you seems to feel like they're in an incredibly supported chain of command. Is it something that's kind of natural to you, or is it something you work hard for? Well, I... That is a good question. I don't know how hard I work for it. I think maybe um, as, you, as you look at the leaders that you've had before you, uh, the ones that I've worked for, for instance, you, you want to uh, look at the ones that uh, have mentored you or the ones that show an example for you, and you want to take after them. And that's what I've tried to do. Um, you have to value your employees, uh, number one. Uh, I, I work in a unit right now that it's phenomenal. I've got great supervisors, and I've got even better um, detectives that work for me and they're hardworking and they, they have fun and we'll do things together uh, to have that team building uh, things, whether it's cooking breakfast together or, or something like that. Um, but it's important, I think, uh, to create an environment uh, where they can feel comfortable and, and enjoy it. 
And thinking about uh, talking about the environments and that you guys have uh, been on, and we've been all been on a variety of details. Uh, before we got on the air, uh, Jamie, you and Dallin were talking about the fact that uh, you guys worked together before. Um, tell me a little bit about that and, and how you guys uh, got involved in that. So it wasn't a department uh, work unit that we both worked on, but we worked on a similar program. And I'll defer to LT on this one, but basically one of the things that people don't talk about is, I don't even want to say impairment, but it's addiction issues in families. And I would imagine with COVID, it's probably increased the opportunity of people being home, certain depression issues. But one of the things that we both had the opportunity to do is work with families and talk to families about if someone you love is addicted to, and and name the list of things that you could be addicted to and the impact it had on the families. You hear about drug use on the news, but to see the families and how they're impacted financially, physically, spiritually, wrecked marriages, it, it was an incredibly humbling thing. And I agree with that. Uh, we worked for an organization uh, that allowed us the opportunity to go into schools, uh, to go to um, community meetings, where we were able to teach the teachers, we were able to teach the uh, parents about what to look for in your family uh, when it comes to drug, drug, substance abuse, things like that. Um, Having four boys of my own, uh, it it really made me think about what I could do better as a father. Um, It actually forced me to understand a little bit better, not only what drugs were, because obviously as an officer, we deal with drugs every day. You know, we're out there fighting the crime or whatever. But when it affects your families and so forth like that, um, how do you deal with that? Uh, Because as officers, what do we do? We make arrests. We we put people in jail. Uh, When it comes to uh, having a family member or a friend or somebody that's struggling with the addiction, uh, there's a whole other level there on how to get them help, um, how to be compassionate towards them and not just be that father that's disciplining your son or your daughter because she's on drugs or doing stupid things. So um, it was a great experience for me being able to to do that with the, the teachers and with the community. So when you talk to the families, and I'm asking you both, what what do you tell them, or more or as importantly, how do you then, and, and Commander Elmore, I'll put you on the spot, how do you talk to your families and not frighten them? Because you've seen a lot of things in some of the departments or uh, bureaus that you worked in. How do you get that message to them and look out for them and be dad and not be a cop at home? So it's, a, it's one of those things where it, it comes into um, uh, showing that love and compassion and open communication that you have with your family, allowing them to tell you stuff and without the judgment and without the uh, stern looks or anything else that, that uh, happens so that they feel free and comfortable talking about those things with you so that you can uh, get to it on a different level and not just talk about all the bad and the negative parts of it, but talk about it as, as a whole from a 360 uh, perspective and then give them uh, the information and then hopefully you've raised uh, bright enough people that they can put that information together and then make their own decisions on, on which way they want to go. And hopefully they make the right decisions. I mean, we've all seen it, no matter um, in, in great homes, two different kids, you know, uh, one turns out great. The other one may be addicted to drugs and it's and they were raised the exact same way with the exact same love. So sometimes it just happens. So uh, you have to be open to, uh, to that communication uh, to be able to help your family th- through it. And to be able to listen. My wife once told me, I don't need you to fix my problem. I just need you to hear me. And I thought, but I, but I can't fix it. And she says, I can fix it. I just need someone to listen. Lieutenant, you said it made you a better dad. How working in that environment did it, does it make you a better dad? You know what? Um, and for another show, we, there, we could talk all about, uh, having the compassion and as a father, what to do. Uh, 
I, I, I went through a lot with my boys. Um, I'm, I'm no different than any other buddy out there in the world that has to deal with family members that do certain things. Um, how it changed me as a father is, um, and, and, and it's hard to understand this unless you've been through it, but like I'll, I'll get off an off ramp and you know, you see people that are out there that are, um, begging for money and, and they're, and people tell me all the time, Hey, why do you give them stuff? Because they're just going to go use it on drugs or something like that. And I get that theory. Um, but when you have somebody that you deal with and that you love that's been in that position, it makes you think a whole different way about giving them. You know, you don't care what they're doing with it. You're, you love them. You, you're, you know, you want to help them. And I think that's the same thing in the home. Um, we can be there as, as police officers and say, you know what? He's doing A, B, and C. I'm going to discipline him on my ground and stuff like that. Or you can look at it a different way and say, you know what? We need to help them. The greatest gift a police officer brings to the community, compassion and empathy. And you're absolutely right. I have the same view, which is, look, my job is not to judge. My job is to give. I can't control what they may do with that. So I love the fact that as you've gone on in your career, you still care about others. And, and I think you're right. I don't think any parent has ever held their infant and say, I wish that life upon them. So for any parent who ever needs help with any addiction issues and they or their family, please Google the resources or contact your local police department for those resources. Lieutenant Webb, Commander Elmore, thank you for being here. Thank you for serving and thank you for being the parents that you are. You've been listening to 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.